stage, Mike Zakarian. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. Welcome back. We have post-trade post deadline buzz. Uh, apologies for missing everybody yesterday. We had, a, we had a busy day over here and three and a half hours uh, Wednesday night. We needed to, we needed to rest the vocals. Look at Patrick in the chat. We'd love to see that. Member for 28 months. Can you believe it? Sneeps over a year. you love to see that. Who do we got in here? We got Sneeps. Yeah, we got Thomas. Mm, we got the common man's here. Homie's here. Ian, let's go. Yeah, Tandy was very funny yesterday. Good for Tandy. That was good. Enjoyed that bit. Uh, Weisberg is going to be joining us here in a little bit, breaking down some of the crazy, uh, the crazy trade deadline stuff. Stan, I know I was going to try to do an afternoon show, but I had another in-person shoot, another in-person shoot, so I couldn't do it. Yeah, PJ, we do need to update. You know what? We'll start the show with a little PJ update, though. We'll we'll get into all the trade stuff in a little bit, but we will start with the book. PJ Washington. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Only six teams says Maddie have a current longer uh a winning a, a longer current win streak than the Detroit Pistons. How about them Pistons, baby? Uh that Pistons game cost me so much money. Um, I was sitting in the underdog main contest. I was sitting in like 18th or seventh, something like that as the Lakers game ended. And then that game went to overtime and it was brutal. Absolutely brutal. I had another lineup that had Simons in it. Simons like tweaked his ankle, like 29 points in 25 minutes. Brutal, brutal stuff. Um, a couple of, uh, housekeeping things for today. So on the, the, so rare on the team hold, so rare channel, we already, uh, we already fired up the, uh, the fast break content for today. Um, so, so we, we put that up there, go check that out. That was for, I think it's uh offensive rebounds today over on the fast break street. So go check that out. Uh, if you were a VIP, you got some alpha yesterday, even though we didn't do a main video. Um, and then we will, um, for later this afternoon, we'll have a VIP stream. I think around like two, sometime between two and three, we'll have a VIP stream. We have So Rare Live Before Lock today at 5.30, and then our second uh, live after dark show. Uh, Jump Shoot asking about, no, no, uh, the desk hasn't arrived. I actually, I checked FedEx this morning. Uh, should be here on Sunday. The The final portion of the desk will be here on Sunday. So, um, and then listen, then we're, then we're, then we're standing, you know, then we're standing if we want to, or we can continue to sit. We, the choice is mine. And I love that. What's in the VIP stream says Ian. Great question, my friend. Uh, and may, and the VI it's the team holds so rare VIP. It's like the first, the first link in the description today, but, uh, over there for the so rare side of things, if you sign up for the so rareians, uh, we do a live after dark show both on Mondays and Fridays where we break down, uh, we kind of, we run the lineup optimizers. We run some optimizers and then we, um, we like give away a rare tier card just for them. Um, so we do that. We're also going to do an MVP Monday show starting on Mondays where we look at some of the MVPs. You get all the value hunting stuff before I actually put the video out. Um, so stuff like that, stuff like that. Uh, lots of questions here. Does the new desk come with a coffee maker? Does it come with a bike? Uh, no, it's just, it's just going to be a standing desk. It's just going to be a standing desk, but it's a uh, electric motorized. So I can, I can put that shit back down if I want to sit down. But, um, but anyways, yeah, go sign up for the VIP stuff. Go sign up for it, baby. All right. Let's dive into some of, uh, last night's action quickly. And then we'll get Weisberg up in here. There were some fun games last night. Um, dude, let's just start with the bucks, the bucks, man. I mean, I know no Dame, no Chris Middleton, 
But uh, they are just a little free fall here since Doc has taken over. Ooh, hold on. Snoop Loop said VIP fast break crushed, went three magic and two bulls. Let's go. Um, but yeah, the Wolves, Wolves absolutely smoked Milwaukee. This game was over early, early in the third quarter. I think the Nassus came in with like the eight minute mark. Shout out nepotism, though. I love it. Like sometimes yeah, I like that Nepo is cross industries, right? It's not just John Higgins kid on Saturday Night Live, you know, it, it, it affects everybody. It affects everybody, even the NBA. Um, but yeah, Wolves 120, 29, uh, Bucks 105, Ant had 26 and 9, but none of these guys really played the fourth quarter. Uh, Conley's back in action. He looks good. He had 18, 9, and 5. Rudy had 16 and 11. Jay Crowder played like 37 minutes, man. He had 21, 8, and 5. Giannis only had 17 and 7. It was tough. It was a tough game. Tough game for uh, Milwaukee. They just continue to, to slide down the standings, uh, slide down, just slide right down the standings as the Cavs have caught up to them. Knicks got an L last night, so they didn't really gain any ground. Let's actually do that game now. So uh, Tom Thibodeau's just like his wet dream last night was not having enough starters uh, so that he could just play five guys, like as many games, as many minutes as he wanted to. And he did that. Miles McBride, I think Dante DiVincenzo didn't come out for the first time until like seven or six minutes left in the first half. It's like incredible stuff from him. Luca with, let's do a Luca drop, baby. Luca, one of the best. Where is it? Where is it? Luca drop. It's just incredible pass. Luca, Luca, magic. Just a ridiculous around the back, no look pass from the top of the key. Find, I think it was Dwight Powell they found just like incredible shit. Uh, Mavs win this game 122-108. I they it never felt like the Knicks were gonna win, uh, but it, they kept it close enough that Luca got to play a bunch. So 39, 11, and 8 from him. Uh Timmy Hardaway Jr. dropped 19. Kyrie had a pretty quiet game. Uh DiVincenzo had 36. Dante DiVincenzo's three ball is much nicer than I remember. Like, I don't remember him being this like knockdown three-point shooter, but he's he's hitting him on the catch. He's uh, from all over the court. Like he just the, he's got a fast trigger. Uh Josh Hart had a triple double. He had 23, 12, and 10. And then uh Miles McBride, man. Miles McBride it just is a bucket. Like he played 40 minutes or something like that. Or 38, so 45. I forget what the total was. Uh he had 21, 6, and 5. Uh homies, this is a fun call. He said he's got that uh, Leonardo Barbosa vibes with the three ball push shot. Yeah, and he gets it up fast, man. He gets it up real fast. Uh, but anyways, good win for Dallas. I, if you're in New York, you don't freak out too much. They they did report yesterday. We'll talk about the trades when Mike gets on, but they did report yesterday that OG is going to miss like three weeks or so because they, I think they just had to take a piece of his elbow off, right? Um, like for the, he had elbow spurs or whatever. Yeah, Jacob Toppin got some minutes last night for the Knicks, but uh, I it, it doesn't sound like it's a season-ending thing or anything. OG will be fine, and the Knicks will be fine. Like I, I think if they had Brunson, they'd be they'd be good to go. And now they add Boyan and Burks a little bit more firepower off the bench. Um, Warriors, dude, Steph Curry was insane last night. Knocked after after going like one for four from three the night that everybody needed to use him for the three point on fast break. He comes out, knocks down six threes in the first quarter. Six threes in the first quarter. Warriors win this game 131-109. Chef finishes with 42 points, going 11 for 16 from three. Uh, Mr. Kaminga. 18 and four, uh, no clay Thompson Halliburton. Uh, you know, he comes out. I think he had like seven dimes in the first quarter, but zero points. I think he finished the game with five points and 11 dimes in 26 minutes. Uh, Siakam had 16 and eight. I just was kind of a, 
Pacers looked like they were going to hang tough for a little bit, and then the third quarter Warriors do the Warriors stuff and, and ran away with it. I can tell you, it is fun seeing Kaminga just play good, though. Like he's he's playing nice. He looks nice out there. He's just athletic. He's fast. Um, I don't know. They seem like to, to be in a little bit of a good vibe uh, or a good zone here. I'm not ready to be like, oh, watch out for the Warriors, Clint. Like I just mean they'll probably get into the plan. Uh, Cavs beat the Nets 118-95. A uh, great Ben Simmons meme going around uh, where him and Allen were getting into it. Uh, really fun stuff. Um, Donovan Mitchell continues to be awesome. He had 27-5-4. Uh, Mobes had 14-12. and 12. Bridges 26-5. and 5. Cam Thomas had 17. Just the one funny thing from this. So uh, Spencer Dinwiddie gets traded to Toronto uh, right for Dennis Schroeder. And then uh, Toronto's basically like, yeah, we're not, we're not keeping Spence. Spence is going to get a uh, cup for sure. Spencer was at the Knicks Mavs game last night, just like in the stands, uh, like four or five rows back. Wonder if Dallas is going to make a push for Spencer Dinshitty. Uh, so that was fun. Oh, Steve's just some breaking news. Yao Ming, uh, Yao Ming dropping in 2K today. There you go, Steve's. Go get some. Uh, what else you got? Magic beat the Spurs 127-111. Wemby was pretty quiet in this game. Dem Vassell went for 30, though, but it was the Franz show. Both Wagners. Franz went for 34-7-7. and Mo Wagner uh, bodied Wemby last night. Just kind of, he, I forget who he blew by on the wing or on the baseline. And then just kind of sticks his body into Wemby to get create a little bit of separation and then just throws it down on him. There were a couple like big time dunks last night. Um, Josh Green had a like a nice little poster uh, in that Knicks Mavs game too, where he just, it just, he like snuck it in there. It was really, it was nice. It was nice. Um, but anyways, good win for Orlando, whatever, it's San Antonio. Bulls beat the Grizz. Hey, shout out uh Gigi Jackson got himself uh got himself a contract. I believe it was I think it was uh 3 years guaranteed too and Gigi drops 27 off the bench. I think it was like the most uh points uh scored off a, was it like off a rookie off the bench since Kobe or something like that? Uh I probably just butchered that stat. But good for Gigi. He had 27 and 9 off the bench. Triple J had 28 and 4. Um you know what? Something to pay attention to here. So the um, the Bulls against the Timberwolves the other night started Vooch and uh, Drummond together. And, you know, mainly because you're going up against Rudy and Cat. Uh, and so they didn't start Drummond last night, but they played Drummond and Vooch together a lot last night, which I thought was kind of interesting. And uh, and Drummond played like 30 minutes. He had 21 and 13 off the bench. Uh, Kobe White had 28 and 6. Vooch had 20 and 10, and then DDR went for 30. Uh, good win for Chicago, Memphis. You know what though? Like you want to give Memphis a little bit of love here. Glass half full, right? You lose, obviously you lose job, Bain, uh, smart. You lose all those guys for an extended period of time, but you did find out that you have Vince Williams jr. And Gigi Jackson who like, you know, you don't want them starting for you, but that's like two real young bench guys on the same timeline as the rest of the Grizzlies. You also get a middle, like probably a top 10 pick this year. So you know, glass half full, you come back next year, you have you have Ja back, Triple J, Desmond Bain, Marcus Smart, Brandon Clark's back, and now you find these, like, two rotation guys off the bench. I don't know. I think glass half full, glass half full. Uh, Wet Like a Book got up early for this one because he knew we were going to talk some Suns. Suns beat the Jazz 129-115. Devin Booker ruled out late, but it didn't matter because Bradley Beal, 30.7 dimes. KD went for 31-8-7. Uh, on the Jazz side of things, Johnny Johnny Collins had 21-14. Markinen had 22 and five and then uh section in 19 and eight, but yeah, sons, sons keep winning games, man. I think they passed the Kings last night. Right. Um, so shout out, shout out Phoenix, shout out, shout out the PDX. 
Uh, two games left. Let's do Pistons Blazers first. Pistons win 128-122. This was the game that cost me millions. Uh, not that much, but Detroit uh forces overtime. So Portland's up, I want to say Portland was up like 16 early in the fourth quarter because I was watching both of these late games at the same time. They're up like 16. Simons tweaks his ankle. He had 29 points in 25 minutes. Does not play any of the fourth quarter. And they just like the they let the Pistons get a get something going a little bit. Sasser knocks down a couple. They didn't even have a great Cade game, but Jalen Duran. Remember, like at the beginning of the season, Jalen Duran had like uh like a six-game run where it was like 20 and 14, 20 and 16, 24 and 12, stuff like that. And then he got hurt. And then like they Monty Williams was like, what if Killian Hayes is the next Michael Jordan? And so it took a little while to get back into it. Now, uh, now that he's gone, Killian's gone, Duran puts up 27 and 22. Um and it's just awesome, man. And it was funny. You could like Jaden Ivy, I think, put a Bible verse up on uh, Instagram with a <laughs> after the Killian Hayes trade. There was like I the, the whole team was just like goodbye, Killian, goodbye, Killian. Uh, when's the private stream later? What time? Uh, says Ian. So the the so rare one it starts right when live before lock ends. So live before lock will end at five thirty. We'll start right at at six. I mean, live before lock goes five thirty six thirty. It'll start right at six thirty. Uh, but yeah, Detroit's happy. They're Detroit's cooking now, baby. Um, Portland, yeah. So without Simons, they also or without Simons in the fourth quarter and overtime, no Brogdon, no Scoot in this game. Jeremy Grant, though, 49, 8, and 6. 49, 8, and 6. Hilarious, hilarious stuff. Uh, just like cooked. And I think like 28 of that came in the fourth quarter and overtime. And then the last game of the night, the last game of the night, Nuggets beat the Lakers 114-106. Lakers got a little hot in the fourth quarter, made it close, made it a game. Uh, but the Jamal Murray rule of any time the Nuggets play a real basketball team, like all-star Jamal Murray comes out, 29-11-7 last night for Murray. Jokic had 24-13-9. Michael Porter Jr. really stepped up, too. He was really hot in the first quarter, or the first half. Finished with 27-8. and eight. Uh, No D-Lo in this game. Uh, Austin Reeves goes for 15-10. and 10. Uh, LeBron, 25-9-7. Jamal Murray, 29. I mean, I'm sorry, AD, 32-9 with a handful of blocks, too. Uh, good stuff though. Let real quick, let's just pop over to the standings here and then we'll, uh, we'll take a quick ad read break, get on get Weisberg on here. Um, but here we go. So Celtics now four and a half game lead over the Cavs, over the Cavs. Who's in the two seed with the Cavs, not only in the two seed, but with a two game cushion over the bucks and the Knicks who are squared up here in the three seed followed by the Sixers, then the Pacers. Um, Pacers, just a half game lead over the heat and the magic. So they're creeping up and look at the bulls, man. Six and four in their last 10. And I feel like they've just continued to play like six and four basketball. Uh, they're now only two games under 500 and on only three games back from the heat, the magic, they seem to have some good energy over there. We'll talk about them not making any moves and how that was probably dumb. Uh, and then you get Atlanta there in the 10 seed. And then I don't care about the rest. Uh, the West still, still log jams here. Timberwolves and Denver Nuggets, both at 36 and 16. The Thunder just a half game back at 35 and 16. And then the Clippers a full game back at 34 and 16. And as wet, like on book said, 31 and 21, the winners of three in a row, seven and three in their last 10. The Suns move into the five seed, just a half game above the Pellies. And then the Kangs like the beam uh, is down uh, now in the play in Mavs, just a game behind them. But this is where it gets like interesting. The Warriors now six and four in their last 10 winners of three in a row. Uh, wait, they're winners of three in a row. Didn't they just lose a game to Atlanta? Am I making that up? Is this wrong? Didn't they just lose a game? Am I wilding here? Or did they beat Atlanta in that game? I could have sworn they lost to Atlanta in that game. 
they played three games since Saturday. Wow. Okay. Okay. My bad. My bad. Um, but yeah, dude, they, so the Warriors now getting back into that play in contention here, basically tied, was it tied or half game back from the jazz? Let me scroll back down. Uh, no tied with the jazz here. Um, and, and then the Rockets now are the ones that are really slipping Rockets four and six in the last 10 loses a two in a row. However, as we look at the schedule for tonight, they get the, uh, they get the gift of playing, uh, the Toronto Raptors tonight. So we have wizards and Celtics at seven 30 Tatum's questionable Atlanta and Philly on NBA TV, Houston and Toronto, Charlotte, Milwaukee, and then the nightcap of Denver and Sacktown Pellies and the Lakers. All right, let's do a little underdog ad read. We'll bring on Weisberg get into some of the trades from yesterday and all that fun stuff. We will be right back. Today's NBA bit is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Sports. Whether you're drafting Luka first overall in best ball or fading Wemby blocks in the pickums, Underdog is where you'll find team hold. Sign up today at underdogfantasy.com or just click the link in the description to get started. And by signing up using promo code hold, H-O-L-D, you will get a 100% deposit bonus match up to $100. That's a free honey. So sign up today using promo code hold, H-O-L-D, and get started at underdogfantasy.com. All right. What's up, dudes? Let's get Weisberg on here. Sorry, I thought I already added you, Mike. What's going on, man? How are we doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for getting up early today. Sorry, I know originally we we're going to try to do this yesterday, but my voice—the three and a half hours was a lot on Wednesday. It's so. funny. Stan called. Stan called it out in the Discord today, and I was like, "Well, funny story. We both we both uh, were pretty poops, and just yeah. it wasn't going to work. Besides, we didn't think the trade deadline was going to be as active as it was yesterday." Well, it's so. funny because it was super active, but I like I think it was pretty marginal stuff. I think overall, I'm like more almost more interested in the teams that decided not to do anything than the teams that did stuff. Um, I think my my favorite thing about the whole day yesterday was just knowing that there was some graphics guy for both uh, or for all of the athletic bleacher report and ESPN having to drum up these graphics, being like Dougie McBuckets back to the Pacers and stuff like that. That that stuff was cracking me up. But I don't know where do you, where do you want to start with um. I'll let you lead the way here. Where do you want to start with some of yesterday's uh, I action? mean, the, the, the clear winner are the Knicks. Um, yeah. And I think this provide you need, like, broader context with the Knicks right now. Yes, they're playing fantastic basketball since getting OG and Novi. But let's go back 18 months. You know, they pick up Josh Hart in free, uh, in free agency. Um, they... In addition, they get Dante DiVincenzo this past offseason. They get the whole Villanova crew together. They also picked up Jalen Brunson two offseasons ago. Um, they make the deal for, for Julius Randle. Like, they consistently, under Leon Rose, Leon Rose might not be the media's favorite GM. Like, he basically doesn't talk to anyone realistically in the media. But he is building a hell of a team. They gave up basically nothing to get Alec Burks and Bogey, and we're going to get to Detroit. Oh, boy, we're going to get to Detroit. But I love everything the Knicks are doing. And even on kind of the shady shit, look at what they did in announcing the OG injury. It started out, oh, he's day-to-day, elbow mm-hmm. inflammation. Then this week, it became, uh, he's out, he's got a, a elbow pain. And then just as the trade deadline passes, I actually had surgery yesterday. Yeah. So they basically 
manipulated the injury report so that they would have better leverage to make right. some deals. Which, yeah, I don't know if the NBA is going to find him for it. It's very possible, I think. Um, but that said, hell of a, like, honestly, 18 months for Leon Rose. Pr- pretty excited for them. Well, I, I think what's pretty cool, too, is they uh, like they set themselves up nicely for the rest of this season while also not because we'll talk about Dallas in a little bit. Like they set themselves yep. up nicely for to make a little playoff run here while also not uh, like forfeiting what they have to do the rest of the like in the next three to five years, you know, um, and because I, I think that's where Dallas is going to run into because I really love the Dallas pickups uh, for their pieces. But for what they gave up, they basically, they you know, they got to make the run now. But with the Knicks, they still have those first round picks. They can still make a, a splash eight. for a what's up? Eight first round picks. Right. Yeah, yeah. So they can still make their they can still make a run at somebody if they want to uh neck in the in the offseason heading into next year. Uh I still think the Donovan Mitchell's thing is I, I don't understand the fit of that, but like a, a caliber, a player of that caliber and has the ability to come in. And I think what's been kind of nice about the Knicks, like you said, in the last 18 months is that I do think, you know, part of the issue with the Knicks for such a long time is people are like, I did, I'm not going to, I'm not, that's a shitty run organization. Like they don't have their stuff together. And now, I mean, they've been like, Hey, listen, we've, you know, made the playoffs the last couple of years. Like Brunson has turned this thing around. Um, it's a little bit more in control. Maybe a star will be a little bit more open to, to going to New York. Yeah. And Tibbs got his guys, right? Like, Bogey mm-hmm. immediately is going to slot in at that power forward slot with Randall out. Um, Burks is going to provide some punch off the bench. Like, look, Alec Burks is a imperfect player. You know, he's going to get cooked defensively at times, but yeah, he's going to provide. Yeah, but if you just need him to cut, like, punch. yeah, just like 12, 12 to 15 minutes come in. If he's hot, place 20. If he's not, like, it's just another option that's not you know, like some of the zeros that come out there and, and play some minutes. Like it's just depth. I mean, that's the thing about bogey too. I mean, like when you get to, when you do get to the playoffs, you now have like seven, eight dudes that you like, cause I think precious is going to play real minutes for them. I know Hartenstein got dinged up last night. Didn't come back. So I'll be curious to see what that looks like. But if you have like, if your bench is precious, uh, Boyan and Burks as a part of your eight man rotation, I, you know, that's not bad. Right. Like I, I think, no. you, and Deuce McBride shown that he can like, do a little something if you need to give Brunson a spell. Uh, I, I I think they're going to be a tough out, man. They I it, I was really impressed with how they handled the trade deadline. And I, shout out to Detroit for just fucking gift wrapping it. I mean, let's talk losers for a second. And the biggest loser of this deadline is the Detroit Pistons. I think the Pistons made I, I <laughs> they made more moves than they have wins when you include I, trade trades and waiver wires. Uh, let's start with this. So you mentioned Killing Hayes, a guy who they started 30 games with this year and limited, like, to the point where uh, their head coach is like, yeah, man, you know, I, I probably should have been playing J- Jaden Ivey more. J- like, who's been awesome. Ivey's been awesome the last month. And was awesome last year playing point guard. Weird how one of your top three guys you don't play and you're like, oh, I, I, I shouldn't have played – you know, this 26-year-old who probably shouldn't be in the league at this point. Like, Killing's going to get picked up somewhere, I think. And it's yeah. like a vetman pickup, but, like, not a particularly great great player. You then release Danilo Gallinari, which doesn't really make sense either. You couldn't find a second for Gallinari? Anywhere? Anywhere. 
anywhere. I like I'm not even saying a first. Like you can criticize the bogey and Burks part of it as saying you should have at least gotten a first for bogey. They were supposed to get two yeah. last offseason or last trading deadline. Um I, I don't I, understand what Troy, Troy Weaver is doing. It was I funny. Know. I because I, I was like texting with the 89 Cavs. I even think I tweeted the joke out of being like, I feel like Troy Weaver's on airplane mode. Um, and Justin was like, he's just clicking buttons. Like he's just clicking buttons, right? Mashing buttons. Because it was funny when the when the Burks, because the way the trade came out, it was like Grimes in two seconds for Burks. And I was like, wow, that's actually like a pretty good deal. Good there. I don't hate that. Yeah. And then, and then like, as the information comes out, it's like, nah, Boyan's in that too. And I'm like, wait, what? Well, like, no, no, no. And and I know you get and Grimes is nice. Like I, I do think that was like a good get for them. But to just like again, like you said, what, what Boyan was going for this time last year, and I just you know I, I just don't understand what the thought process was there. It is a classic case of asset mismanagement. And once again, let's take that historical context. Right? They went out and signed uh, Marvin Bagley to a monster free agent deal, and then you mm -hmm. trade him. For like basically nothing, because you wanted to get off the the, the money so that you get more money in the cap for a guy that you just signed. Like, right. what are you doing, Troy Weaver? Like, what what's the plan? We talk about New York. New York has a actual plan in place for what they want to do. I don't understand what Detroit's doing. Yeah, no, and I I do agree with Stan. Like, but it it is funny, like. They had it seemed like they there was an easier way to get to this, you know what I mean? Like, you right. didn't need to, you didn't need to start killing and hate. Like, you, I feel like everybody knew this. I think Pistons fan knew this, Pistons fans knew this. Like, this is what they should have been doing from day one this year. It's like, hey, let's see what we have with Cade, Ivy, and Duran, uh, and now Asar Thompson. Like, let's we're not trying to win games right now, let's see what we have. And if this is our core, we can build around this. Instead, what they did is they waited till February to do this and you you just like ruined any sort of value like i get maybe if they were like we'll, we'll ease uh Cade back into it killian's gonna start whatever ivy comes off the is our sixth man or whatever and then we try to trade killian like early like build up his value but once the writing was on the wall it's just like God, come on stop it like you're you're stunting your growth do what charlotte did eight weeks ago and, and or six weeks ago and, and dealing uh terry rozier like yeah they got a first you're telling me Miami wouldn't have given up a first for bogey? Yeah. Like, I I don't get it. Um, let's talk some other winners here. Um, I don't want to be too negative this morning. Uh, I'm intrigued by what Philly's doing. Like, I don't yeah. know if it's going to work. Um, getting healed for what they ended up dealing was not bad, relatively speaking. No. Um, Buddy's going to step that in right like away. That seemed like the Pacers were just doing doing Buddy a favor. That's what that trade made me think. They're just I mean, like, here you go, man. We we appreciate your time here. We know you don't want to be here anymore. You can go play for a real uh, contending team. Yeah, <clears throat> and you get off his money. It's eighteen and a half million. Um, so it's it's you know going to help them in terms of uh, long term financial planning. It makes some sense for a guy who had fallen in the rotation. You want to play Nemhard more minutes. It like. From a Pacers perspective, I largely get it. I wish they'd gotten slightly more value for him, but whatever. Like getting Doug McDermott back, I guess, does give you a little bit of shooting. Uh, shout out to Sneeves. Um, but as as far as Philly goes, they're in this weird spot of like 
We don't know what's going to happen with Embiid. They think Embiid's coming back at the end of the year. I and you can you can trade Buddy, which is nice. Like I think Buddy still has one more year left on that deal. Um, mm-hmm. Or if he's expiring, once again, it gives you two max spots. So right. the problem is, who are you going to get? I saw a regulator in the chat uh, noting uh, Paul George is available, but like by all accounts, Paul George is going to re-sign with the Clippers. I um, I, w- I would see in reports yesterday that the um, I mean that the Sixers were going to make a run, but also that the uh, like the Pacers are on the table. Ooh, to go back home. Yeah. Huh. I know. It's you know it, it had some Steve Kerr vibes to it. The fact that he hasn't signed yet is a little weird. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Balmer can offer the most money on the George right. front, so it is what it is. But yeah, I mean, the only other thing with Philly that, that was kind of like a nagging weird thing was the, the deal they made with the Celtics. Like the Jaden Springer deal didn't really make much sense to me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what they were doing. I, I mean, I didn't even know what the Celtics were doing. Like, I, I it just seemed like they were, they, they were passing stuff back and forth that uh, is not going to matter. Well, so Springer's a former first-round pick. You trade a second for him, which isn't bad um, yeah. in terms of asset management. And then I think the other thing that you, that needs to be considered is Springer is a decent NBA player. Like, he's super young. He's 21. He can defend at a really high level. I don't really understand why Philly would give him up from a Boston perspective on that trade, just a, as an aside. He's someone who I think could replace Peyton Pritchard in the rotation. Not this year, but like, yeah. uh, like he just defended Steph Curry the other night at a pretty yeah. decent level. So like I'm I'm fine with the Springer deal. Because then the Celtics could deal Pritchard in the offseason and his poison pill restriction comes off. So mm-hmm. you have a real capability with his extension kicking in to deal him. Um so yeah, I don't I don't actually mind that. Relatively speaking. Um, otherwise, the only other like big loser I had, and this is gonna be a little controversial, Dallas. Yeah, so explain because I, I think on paper everybody was like all oh, home runs. And I mean, I do think I mean they they've made their team markedly better. Like PJ is definitely uh, an upgrade. I think Daniel Gaff like they were asking a lot of the rookie Derek Lively. We've seen Daniel Gafford with Washington be pretty soft. Yeah, and I think both of those guys are like really good players, but Explain like the your the so the the thought process and top shot comment. I apologize. Um, the this is more about the speculation regarding Luca. They have now dealt three first round picks uh, in the future, and all of them are post twenty twenty seven, which is when his option is, I believe. And you know, you look at it once again. Once again, let's go back to the off season. They make a deal for Grant Williams. Dallas fans fucking hated Grant. Dude, like, man, they, there was so much. Uh, <laughs> so it, the, uh, the Dallas media went full Boston on him, where like the second they leave, all these pieces come out being like, oh, this dude is a huge piece of shit. Uh, that, I mean, that was all over my feed this morning was like uh, lo- uh, locker room, wore thin on the locker room. Changes sneakers from Lucas to Tatum's. Like there was all oh. this stuff that, yeah. And it, so it, it it was funny to see those pieces come out after. But yeah, they it sounded like they really wanted to get rid of Grant. <laughs> yeah, and so on that front, they had to attach a first to get rid of him, right? Mm-hmm. 
Now, yeah, you're getting PJ Washington back. And by the way, tough look for Grant, right? You go from yeah. playing with one of your best friends in Tatum, and then you go get your money. And that team hates you so much. They deal with you to basketball Siberia and Charlotte. I know. Like, that's a tough look. Not great. I know. I know. He's going to go um, play really well and then hope he gets traded in the offseason or a part of like a draft day deal. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I, I do think he'll get, tra- like, I could see him somewhere like Miami. Yeah. Next yeah. offseason. Um, given that, look, Grant's a winning player. Like, yeah. he is a guy that can contribute to winning teams. He's a little bit like PJ Tucker, you know, less yeah. great defensively, but he is going to be that guy. And regularly, regularly, you're right. Like, uh, he is from Charlotte and he's going home to that extent. But, like, even so, you know, you're going to probably the second worst run team in the league after Detroit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I just, the Lucas smoke is real, I think. And yeah. I'm worried about if Luca leaves, what those picks end up looking like. They look, that team is going to be phenomenal this year. I think there is some concern about like what the long-term view looks like. They're also trying to build a new stadium um, with new ownership. Like there's a bunch of kind of rocky things here that could get messy very, very quickly. So I think I, I, I understand. I think they're, the smoke is probably real, and they were like, "We need to do whatever we can to be competitive now, so that we don't run into this, uh, run into this situation where Luca feels like we don't have the ability to win." And I, I always struggle with this around the trade deadline or around like a free agency moves, where it's just kind of like, "Do you uh, is upgrading to a five seed a value add?" Right? Like, if you're like, "Oh, this team does not have championship, like this is not a championship caliber team." Uh, so, but that does, that shouldn't mean like, there still has to be like the four to seven seeds. You know what I mean? Like there still has to be playoff teams. Mm -hmm. And I do think there's still value in there, but like you look at the West and this is what I, so they, they add Gafford who I I assume, does he start over lively? Does he, or does he come off? Like, I don't even know what they do. Dependent. Yeah. You you don't need to start him. You you can mix match. Yeah. And so PJ probably limit, like they've got more, a better small ball five situation. Right. Uh, but you look at this West, I mean, I, okay, so maybe they're a game back from the Kings. Maybe they pass the – like, are you taking this team – where where does it stop? Are you taking this team over the Kings? Probably. Yeah, Sorry, are you Jay. taking them over the Pelicans? I think that would be a fun six or seven game series. But that that's it, right? Like, after that, like, this is our top five now. The Wolves, Nuggets, not, like, that doesn't – they don't sniff – they don't snip it. I mean, I guess like the, the counter to all of this, right? Um, maybe, maybe you're just like, dude, we have Luca, man. And in any playoff series, Luca can just average 45, 15, and 10, and and we can make it, we can make a run at it. Hey, look, they've done it before, right? You know, they they were what the four or the five seed when they made that Western Conference Finals run. Like, yep, it's possible. And Luca's Luca. So I, I like anytime that you have a MVP candidate top five guy you're gonna ride that till till the wheels fall off yeah. I, I just i struggle with where they are in terms of long-term planning and it could get this is like the blinking red sign that things could get really messy really quickly would be my yeah. point there well although you know what i mean like I agree. I do agree. I, I was like a little, I was kind of surprised how many assets they gave up to make those moves. But I will say like, if they do make another Western conference finals run, 
as like a five or six seed. I could totally see that being like that turns the the moment. Like maybe that quiets the smoke a little bit or puts some of the smoke out. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, it's funny to feel like I both thought that was like, wow, they did make themselves a lot better um, while also being like, oh God, this makes me a little bit nervous. I mean, it's kind of like when they made the Kyrie deal, honestly, like where I'm like, this obviously raises their ceiling right now. But like it is, it is high risk, high reward, and I think that is true uh, with these moves as well. But I'm a, I mean, I'm a big fan of both PJ and Gafford. I'm glad they're going to be playing on real teams now, um, and I, I'm, I'm hopeful, especially because they're not going to be relied on to be like the guy. You know, PJ is going to catch wide open threes, like why he's going to get wide open looks. Uh, Gafford is going to just rim run and do putbacks, and it's like lively insurance. Um, and yeah, and I mean, like Hardy and Josh Green, to Common Man's point, have looked like yeah. solid. They've, they've had like a pretty good uh, month, like Josh Green, especially because I know he was like, he was a little rough to start the year, but he's really coming on strong. So yeah, I don't think it's like doom and gloom, but I do think there's just a little bit of anxiety in the back of just like, oh, uh, he's going to stay, right? He's staying. Yeah. We know this. We've confirmed it. Um, yeah. uh, sp- speaking of feeling like you're feeling about a team is, kind of been reconfirmed. Uh, two teams that I did want to point out in terms of winners. We're going to get some losers in a second. Uh, I really like what Minnesota and Boston did. Yeah, uh, Minnesota, this is, I love this is what getting Monty Morris. Huge. Monty Morris, uh, big Tim Connolly guy. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. Like, so we, we knew that uh, Connolly wants his guys, and Monty is the perfect Tim Connolly kind of player. Um mm-hmm. And just gives them the the backup point guard they needed, um, yeah, a, a veteran who can win. I would have preferred someone like Tyus Jones with different strokes, different folks. Maybe the cost was too much for Tyus. Um, and then with the Celtics getting Xavier Tillman, getting Jaden Springer, you only gave up a couple of seconds to do it. Um, you get it into the Grant Williams TPE on on Tillman. Like mm-hmm. they did everything they needed to do in terms of getting that backup big for. Horford and Porzingis and Tillman while not being the best player traded in this deadline I think he might be the most impactful for some teams and what I mean by that is like Tillman yeah I think Tillman has real capability he's going to play a ton on nights that Horford and or Porzingis aren't playing yeah Uh, gives them a guy who's going to basically be an innings eater um for the That's what I'm excited about that for like the this like the dog days of the stretch run here as the Celtics hopefully like create more space in the standings that they're just able to be like on the back to back being like you know what Al you're going to sit out both of these games like and Porzingis you're going to play one of them you know what I mean like and just kind of go with that Right they're five games up Yeah and four games up on the west so like when you think about it their schedule's super soft. They have the 29th ranked uh, strength of schedule. Um, mm. So they have a real opportunity here to win 60 games, but also to do that in a way that rests their guys uh, towards the end of the season. So the Tillman move to me was making a move from a position of strength without dealing a future first. Yeah. And if you want to deal Peyton Pritchard on the backside in the offseason, um, you can do that. So yeah. I want to uh, the minute. Sorry, go ahead. All I was going to say is Snape Luke Cornette is going to, uh, you know, he might get some reduced minutes with Tillman. Yeah. 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 I, I, so uh, I, I really like the Monty Morris 
move only like that was such a need for Minnesota. And like, I, I think that's the best they could do too. Like, I, I don't think they had enough assets to make like a real run at uh, somebody like Tyus Jones who ended up not getting moved, which surprisingly, um, and to get, to get like a guard that's played in the playoffs. And it's just somebody who come in and in that role before too, like that's what he was doing in Denver where he just like come in, hold down the fort and then just like a real traditional point guard. And I think they really needed that. So um, I thought that was, that was exactly what they needed and they got it. I, I like that move quite a bit. Um, he, um, he oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go, go, go. I was just going to bring up regulator uh, on uh, Gordon Hayward going from Charlotte to OKC. Uh, and that was for, I, I also, uh, Trey man, I'm glad you guys got Trey man. Cause he's, I liked him. I think he's a fun player. He was never going to play in OKC with how many guys they had. He he'll get to run around in Charlotte. I think that'll be fun. And Bertans was just a, a contract that was going to get traded. That's why like they had done that. Deal. I like Mitch uh, too. Like, oh yeah. Mitch, I forgot Mitch was in that deal. Yeah. That's, that's great. I think, I think um, Mitch actually is going to get a ton of minutes there. He's going to have a real chance to thrive for former EuroLeague MVP. Him and yeah. LaMelo actually played against each other in Europe. In Australia? In Australia. Sorry, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. For the NBA. Like, that is also a nice little all things all things considered, like, you know, full circle. Yeah. Um, um, and especially because LaMelo doesn't seem to play basketball anymore. So that, that is a good well, that is a good. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, but so I, I kind of, uh, I, it's funny. I both think the Hayward's like a nice move for OKC while also not really moving the needle too much. Like one, is he ever going to be healthy? And then I imagine, I mean, he's only playing 18 minutes, maybe like he maybe limits some of the, they, they can play him instead of Isaiah Joe, if the three's not falling or, you know, he, maybe they close with him instead of Gideon some spots or whatever. Like I, I feel like it just gives them more, just depth and just a vet, but it, so I like the move, but I also don't think it is like, Oh, they're the favorites now. Right. It, it provides you with another option. He can initiate mm-hmm. the offense. He's a vet who's been there, who's played in big situations. And I think that matters yeah. while yeah. Hayward hasn't been to the finals. He's, he's been in like, you know, he's made conference finals with the Celtics and I think he's just going to provide a lot of depth and experience for a team that needs it. Like, not that you look, I think at times veteran experience can be overrated. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. However, I think having someone who can kind of calm these young dudes down, like somebody can go to chat and be like, Hey man, like here's the way that you might want to approach this a little bit differently. That matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, in terms of the fit, he's, he's a good fit if healthy and you can deal him. He has, yeah. uh, he's going to be expiring. I believe either, either expiring or one year left, but like, He's the kind of guy who fits perfectly into Presti's plan in terms of like what the remaining numbers are going to be. So like from an OKC perspective, it's kind of a perfect fit. Yeah, I saw. And he is OKC to a T. That was my favorite. My favorite tweet that I saw yesterday was Gordon Hayward's a perfect fit for Oklahoma City. Curious how he fits in with the Thunder. Uh, I that was one of my favorite my favorite tweets yesterday. Uh, let's talk about uh, let's do um, like three more hits here because I want to talk about like Milo just got here in the chat. I want to talk about the Bulls, uh, the Lakers, and there was one other team that like didn't do anything that I was like pretty surprised about. But Golden State, but Chicago, Chicago is so interesting because I, I wonder if they are high a little bit on their their current vibes right now. Cause like they, they are playing like pretty solid basketball. They compete against like both like 
the they compete against like higher caliber teams like that game against Minnesota. We saw a fun one against Sacramento uh, and like Kobe White looks nice. But I just don't know. It's not like it's a young core that we're like building towards something. Right. So, sure, this is fun right now, but you really are just holding on to assets that are going to leave. And I saw a report being like, well, they didn't trade DeRozan because they, they have a relationship with DeRozan long term. They're looking forward to bringing him back. And I just can't figure out like the direction they're going, you know. The Bulls. Um, you know, here's what I would say. The Namar stuff, yes, Namar wants to stay there long term, apparently. Um, he and his agent have both kind of pretty willingly indicated that. Yeah. Which is a little unusual midseason to be like, yeah, I'm definitely really want to come back. They love me. I love them. We just got to figure out the numbers. Um yeah. I don't really get the thought process of not dealing Crusoe. Like, yeah. He's at his highest number now. Reportedly, they were involved with the Warriors, mm-hmm. and the war and Chicago asked for Kaminga. Yep, yeah, and you know instead of Moody and picks, basically, and like probably Gary Payton or on a or Gary Payton and or um maybe you could do Chris Paul, but the money wouldn't yeah. work. Like there are ways that you could have you could have made it work, but like would two first and Moses Moody be worth it for you for Alex Caruso? If you're Chicago. Yeah. I mean, Apparently yeah. Not. I, yeah. for me, I, I like, I would love to take the flyer on Moses Moody. I like his game. Um, I, I think getting two picks from a team like Golden State, who is like clearly on the brink here, right? Like, I, you know, if it's not this year that it falls apart, it's in the next three years. Uh, so I, I think both of that is sharp. I just like, again, if Caruso was like 24, and like, even though his value is through the roof, I'd be like, no, you know what? We're probably going to try to resign, sign him. We like the backcourt of him and Kobe White for the future. Um, I, then I understand it a little bit more. But I'm like, man, you're gonna, you know, this is like, they, it's like the Utah Jazz if the Utah Jazz are all ten years older. You know what I mean? Like it's that type of team where it's like this nine to 10 seat. That's like frisky and fun. I'm enjoying what, like I watched a lot of the bulls game last night. I'm enjoying watching them play basketball, but I'm like, Oh yeah, this is, you know, if you win the playing game, you're going to go full Pat Bev and like jump on. And like, that's it. That's it. That's the run. Like, cause you're not going to be mediocrity. Yeah. They are like, yeah, they're the definition of the thing that you don't want to be in the NBA, which is like in the play-in, but you don't really have a young core and your veterans like Andre Drummond, you couldn't get a second for Andre Drummond. Yeah. You, you really, you really wanted to keep Drummond. Now I mean, people wanted point, Drummond. Yeah. People did like the Pelicans had multiple conversations about, about Drummond reportedly yeah. going to Jake Fisher. Um, and I was surprised the Pelicans didn't make a major move, uh, but we, they're not really worthy of discussion in this one. Um, yeah. The the other quick note I'll say on a team that didn't make a move. Were you shocked the Warriors didn't do anything? Like they, they didn't deal Wiggins. No, you want to know why? I I because I I was saying this for a while. I was like, dude, there's no move, dude. They had no move that was going to make them like marketably better. And like their best, uh, and I think this is the quote. I forget who I'm quoting, but their their best move was their players playing better. Like Wiggins returning to form was their best move. Chris Paul being healthy was their best move. Like there was no. I don't know the move that they could make that like, I don't know what value Wiggins was going to have on the market that, that you could return that could make a difference, you know? Yeah. By the way, I see Matthew Harrison quickly in the chat. 
uh, neither we're not lukewarm here. Like we're crushing Chicago. We're just saying like we don't understand like the thought process. Like it's no, dumb. I, I I think he's making a joke. I think he's making a uh, joke. I uh, <laughs> I think unless uh, I, unless I missed it. Um, but uh, but just, just on the Warriors quickly. Here's what I'll say. Like I I don't really understand not dealing Wiggins. I I guess th- their thought process is look. We can get better value in the offseason for everyone. Mm-hmm. Clay is going to come off the books. We'll be able to re-sign him at a lower number. We're playing better uh, post, you know, the 10-day break that they took when their yeah. assistant coach, Deakey, passed away. Um, I will say it's a pretty soft schedule. So, like, yeah, these these are wins, but they're wins against teams that you should beat with Steph Curry. Right. So, right. like... Well, I understand Warrior Friends' optimism and J- the JK emergence has yeah, been great. It's been great. Uh, and I'll, I'll also note that it's coming in JK and Wiggins lineups, which all season is something I've been clamoring for, and it's finally happening mm-hmm. and doing well. So weird. Weird. Weisberg's right. Um, but that said, I would have preferred to see, like, if you get decent value for Wiggins, they should have just taken it. Because he's yeah. still owed, like, three more years of money. At like seventy five million, I, I don't think they could have gotten decent value. I just don't think they. I like, I because I know like the Mavericks were interested, and in, what was the other team? The Pacers. Like I don't even know who you get back. I mean, I guess Buddy Hield uh, would have been interesting, or Grant Williams. Like I don't even know. I don't even know what you would get back. That you'd be like, okay, let's go. Um, Grant, I think would have been kind of fun for the Warriors, just because yeah. like him and Draymond on the court as shit talkers would be pretty it epic. Would be pretty insane. Yeah, uh, regulator. He is basically considered a negative asset right yeah. now. Although he has played better the last two weeks, like he's been yeah. really productive for them, relatively speaking. And by really productive, I mean like a fifteen to twenty point guy instead of the expectation yeah. of a twenty to twenty five point guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, you mentioned you mentioned the Lakers quickly. One last yeah. thing. Uh, are you shocked that they, that they didn't make a move? Yeah, I am. I didn't think they were going to go to DeJounte, but I thought they were going to do something around the edges. Like, I thought they were going to do something to shake it up, similar to what they did last uh, last season. So I, I was pretty surprised. I mean, as we got closer to the trade deadline, like, I think as of, like, uh, two days ago, I was like, oh, I guess they're not going to do anything. Because it did seem like it did seem like they weren't going to move D'Lo. It didn't seem like D'Lo was attracting enough interest, but he was also playing well enough that it felt like they needed him. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. What about you? Uh I mean, I think to your point, kind of on the Mavs, it's a similar deal. It's like, is it worth it trying to get up to the five seed if possible? Now you have LeBron and you have AD. Um, and that game last night was wild. I don't know how much of that Denver game you watched. Um, yeah, I watched all of it. It was fun. It was, it was That was a really fun game. Um, yeah. But to me... With the way with where that roster is, it might just be smarter to be like, you know what, we're probably gonna make the play in. We'll do okay for the remainder of the year. We're maybe out in the first round or the second round. And then we make some real moves in the offseason when we when we have three firsts to deal. Um yeah. they do want to make a move. And they've made it clear, I, th- I think via Chris Haynes, that like we're announcing an announcement of potentially going to trying to go after a big time free agent wherever they are. Like right. Okay. Like if you got to get your tampering out, get your tampering out early. But there's not even like a lot of f- big name free agents hitting the market. I mean, I guess if they they think they have a shot at Donovan, but again, that would be via trade. 
because Donovan still has one more year, right? And then, or like Paul George, I, I don't see Paul George going from the Clippers to the Lakers. I mean, I guess it depends how the Clippers postseason runs out, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I really don't know what they're. I mean, that I felt similarly about the Warriors. Like, I, I did not see a move that was going to make them marketably better. I mean, the DeJounte stuff was interesting. That was kind of the last piece that I wanted to talk about. I, how surprised were you that Atlanta ended up just hold, uh, standing pat with that DeJounte stuff? Uh, so it requires a bit more context. Um, they, while they still have new management and new ownership, they brought on Chris Grant. He's a former GM. Um, and I think, Word from a couple different NBA writers has been that since Chris Grant has come on, the DeJounte talk has kind of died down. They would need yep. to, they would have needed to have gotten super, super high-end offers in yep. order to consider it. DeJounte's extension hasn't even kicked in yet. And I think Atlanta took the temperature and they were like, you know what? If we're not going to get top dollar for DeJounte, right. let's not do this. Yes, yeah. our team isn't particularly good. And we can make some moves around the edges potentially, which they didn't do yesterday. Um, I I don't really like their overall setup, and ultimately this comes down to a criticism of Trey Young, even yeah. though Trey's been phenomenal this year at twenty seven and ten, and he's an all star again. But like a lot of guys don't like playing with him. Yeah, a lot of a lot of coaches I, around the league don't like him, and it's going to be really difficult. If, if you're Atlanta, you're going to have to make a decision on Trey. Like, right. if you're really committed to the bit with Trey, cool. But I, I think they're in a spot where he's a top 15 player, top 20. And I and I don't know that you can compete for an NBA title with a guy like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, and uh, to Regulator's point, I mean, they have been playing a little bit better. Even like when they've been losing, they've been losing like like they played the, the Warriors pretty tight in that game. The Clippers game was they were pretty tight in that. They hung with the Celtics, too. Um, I do wonder, too, if the uh, like I wonder if Capella was going to get moved and then he got mm -hmm. hurt and that kind of killed stuff because um, I really did think that he was he was going to help a team that was going to make a push. But We'll see. I mean, it's been good. I I, I didn't think they were going to move Dejounte. Like once once the initial like run up died down, I was like, oh, it doesn't seem like anybody's even close. I was I was intrigued by the Pelicans. Like the Pelicans were looking at him for a little bit, and if they were going to throw in somebody like you know a Hawkins or a Herb Jones plus like a pick or something like that, I then I, I would be like, man, that's because I do think he would make a team like New Orleans a lot better. Uh, while also like that's a pretty good haul. But I'm sure the Pelicans looked around the league and they were like, well, no one else is offering anything close to that. So why would we put Jordan Hawkins on the table um, or or even Herb or Trey or somebody, uh, Trey Murphy? So, yeah, I I'll be I'll be curious to see what happens with them in the or like come to when we get closer to the draft, if they if um, stuff gets shuffled around at all. But, um, yeah, I still think the kinda, Lakers thing is real. Like, yeah, I do think the DeJounte. Lakers conversation probably happens again, uh, given yeah. that he's a clutch client. A lot of this is dependent on LeBron and, and kind of like where LeBron's head is at uh, going into this draft. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if Bronny's actually going to uh, make himself available for the draft this year, given how his yeah. season's going. Uh, Man, but we'll see. probably shouldn't. Probably shouldn't. No. Um, all right, Weiss, we're going to call it here. We're going to call it here. I got to get it, get moving on the day. Thanks for uh, getting up early and doing this. Uh, what, what's going on over the playback streets? 
Man, it's been fun lately. Uh, we just got VIP access uh, for Beautiful. those that don't know. Um, so basically what v what uh, VIPs are, um, we have about 20 of them. We started giving some of them out. We're going to keep five for ourselves. Nice. Uh, we're giving 10 to kind of OG team hold playback people. Um, nice. But a bunch of people already in the chat already got theirs. And basically what the VIP pass is, is it allows you to watch League Pass with us. Um, so yeah. you'll get free access to League Pass on whatever game we're watching. And then we're going to be giving away five, uh, whether it's going to be on the NBA bit or through Twitter or whatever, like Mike and I are going to figure it out. But basically, like, we're going to figure out a way to try to add some more members. We're still working towards 600 members. Once we hit 600, guys, get a free Luca. Uh, Luca All-Star moment. So, yeah. There we go. Yeah, go, there's a link in the bottom in the description. Go check that out. Uh, and just a reminder for the rest of the day, uh, the, I already put up the fast break video. That's already there. Uh, we'll have a VIP fast break video at around like two, sometime between two and three. Uh, and then live before lock at 530, live after dark uh, at 630. Uh, and I think that's it. Thanks everybody for this week. It's been a fun, a fun, chaotic week. Oh, there you go. JJL. JJL's earned one. JJL's always. Yeah, JJL. I'll, I'll get you set up today. That's easy. But, uh, Mike, thanks for getting up early, man. Thanks everybody for tuning in this week. We will we'll see you later this afternoon. We're out of here. <laughs>